Here we are here for we are. episode six. Is it six already? Episode six. So would you believe six of these little gems have went out into the wide world? So, <laughs> so when we started doing when we when we thought of doing this, yeah, the idea was to have guests every week. Yep. Wasn't it? And and like every week we'd have a different guest and we spoke to our friends at Top Hill. Yeah. And and they were like, Yeah, you want to get guests and all that. And I'm like, Yeah, you're our first guest, Top Hill. And then and then the next week I I, I wasn't there and you had a guest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then since then? I haven't bothered. Just haven't bothered. The effort, isn't it? It's it is effort. It is effort. It's effort. I mean, it's effort anyway, even doing it, isn't it? Everything's an effort these days. Everything. Yeah, it's bad, like, isn't it? Like I was I was quite happy watching Dragon's Den. Oh, yeah. Is that a I new mean, series? Um, new series of Dragon's Den? Yeah, I like a bit of Dragon's Den. Yeah. It's, it's just like, oh, it's just, it's just, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's something like, was it sadomasochistic about me that, that makes me enjoy it so much. It's like seeing people like struggling <laughs> and then like getting all, I think it's just, it's that, it's that feeling of, Oh, thank God. That's not me. Yeah. Because you know that if you ever went on dragons, then you'd be, you'd be like the person that they rip apart. Yeah. You'd be the person that they say, tell us about your uh, projections for yeah. years four and five and nine. Yeah, and he'd be like, "Oh, I'm the only one of the ten million pounds." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and get... like, what, what's the what's the gross profit on that? Twenty million pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you, how dare you come into the den and talk this fucking bullshit? Like, get the fuck out of here! Oh, sorry, Peter. I'm, Jones. So, I'm so sorry. I would go and whip myself in a room. <laughs> let me get, let me get my accountant out here to discuss the numbers. Adam, <laughs> hi. <laughs> and then Happy comes in his bad suit. Yeah, yeah. So who knows less than the guy who's brought him on? Just, just your mate who's who's got a calculator. Yeah, yeah. The the Tonys of the world. Oh, bless Tony. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, I've I've missed that to come and do this tonight. Oh well. So I, I hope I hope. The listener is appreciative of that. Oh, I'm appreciative of it, sir. It's always always good to see you, though. It gives me an opportunity to have a little. Um, still on drink. Still on the JD. Are you uh, alcoholic tonight, or are you non-alcoholic? Yeah, boy. So tonight, so I'm starting to think that this is the only really kind of the two plots we have running through this podcast are your picture going yep. up on the wall, which yep. we'll come to. And then my choice of drink from the local shop. Yes. So what have we got? What what uh, what tantalising brew are we on this evening from the local corner shop? So last week, do you remember what I had last week? The weeknight. No, that was two weeks ago. Oh, was it? What was last week yeah, then? Uh, oh, the Digit oh. Lord, your music beer. Yeah. Signature brew, yeah, uh, and it was the uh, studio lager, and it was brewed with music. If you remember, I do remember. Yeah, nice. And it was it was it was a bit watery, or was it that one of them was a bit watery? They all they all taste the same, if I'm honest. So I went back there today, and there's this the range of signature brew is two cans. There's the studio lager that I had last week. And then this week I thought I should probably just continue the theme for was it continuity? So I've got the signature brew, Roadie. Okay. Yeah. Does it have a picture of a Roadie on the front? Oh. Its main picture is it's, it's a bit of a collage on the pictures, but the main picture coming through is is the sign of a a, a clenched fist. <laughs> Held up in a, you know, like a wankers. Like wankers have no wank. No, he's. I don't think it's the wank sign. It's more like a, like a, you know, like a solidarity kind of, right? Like a protest kind of symbol. 
Yeah. And it's saying signature brew. You know, I solidarity was like, you know, if, if you were there trying to get Nelson Mandela freed, I'd imagine this this would be the drink that you would have. <laughs> so this is this is so so this is <laughs> free Nelson Mandela. Or we could just have a we could have a couple of cans while we're here. So I'll tell you what this reminds me of. A good logo for a beer. <laughs> free Nelson. Who? <laughs> Uh, right, so this is a signature brew, roadie, and, and it's not, and it's an, in their words, an all night IPA. All night, not not a week night, but an all night. And it says on it, uh, this one's for oh, here you go, this one's for grafters. Got your name all over it. Not for afters. Grafter. So this this is like so being in a band like we are, we wouldn't drink this. We would drink the studio lager. But yeah. if we if we ever had like someone who would carry our shit around for us, Tony, Tony. and he would he would drink this. Yeah, this is this is the roadies beer, right? This isn't the musicians beer. This is roadies beer. So I'll read you the blurb on the back because it fills the time, doesn't please, it? Please do. Um, please. So this is also brewed with music, glad to hear. And it says, um, since 2011, I only saw it a couple of weeks ago, we have created award-winning music-inspired beers and collaborated with some of the world's best musicians at our East London Brewery. This refreshing beer is loaded with citrus notes, fit for road crews the world over. <clears throat> Unsung heroes, we salute you. So when when everyone was clapping for the NHS on a Thursday night, these guys were clapping for the the unsung heroes of the of the the miserable old gits that carry yamps around. Yeah. This is uh, four point three percent. It has an uh, an OG of one point zero four one. I've no idea what an OG is. Oh God. Oh, oh God, one of points are and an IBU of 28. And it says it is robust and resilient. Very much like yourself. Yeah. Perfect. This is, this is it's a lot to tag onto a can of beer, isn't it? It's a strange concept, isn't it? Like, uh, it's almost saying, like, I mean, it's not. A, it's obviously not a cheap beer because it's one of these specialist beers. But yeah. it's saying it's, it's for the working man. It's for the roadie. You know, it's, it's kind of. Well, it's a strange marketing uh, place. This one's live. for grafters. For grafters, so not for like posh people or nice. It's not a look. It doesn't. They're not selling it luxury, are they? They're saying this is for for people who lift stuff. This is people who wear black t-shirts like every day. Yeah. I, I do quite like a black T-shirt. Yeah, actually. I wear a black T-shirt most of the time. Slimming, very slimming. Easy, isn't it? It's an easy outfit. Right, so here we go. This go is... on then. Oh, nice. There you go. I did that right this week. Yeah. Last week I did it off mic. Here we go, yeah. listeners. As he's drinking, listeners, I'll explain his facial expressions. Oh, he looks a little bit like ooh, like like Kenneth Williams from uh, the Carry On movies. You may remember sucking his cheeks in, swilling it round. There we go. So that's that's the sound of his his voice. Is not the sound of his voice. The sound of his his well his cheeks and his tongue. I guess just swallowing it down. <laughs> the sound of his cheeks and his tongue <laughs> swallowing it down. Yeah. What's the verdict? It's all right, isn't it? Out of 10? Five. Five out. Oh, God. I mean, you you got to you got to think, like, that was, I think that's like a £2.49 beer. All right. But, yeah. I've yet, to open, I've yet to open one of these cans where I'm like, that is nice. But I think the problem is, is that, by the time we start recording this podcast, I'm normally about four drinks in. <laughs> so, so you don't have that first, you know, that first sip of oh, I yeah, that 
and they yeah. did that boy for the whole day. I needed that. You know, I've, I've already had me. I needed that drink. And then what I was, was like, what was the I needed it drink that you had? Uh, gin and tonic, isn't it? Gin and tonic. It's become it's become the standard standard daily. And it is daily actually. Like I needed that gin and tonic. The crying juice, they call it, don't they? The crying juice makes me very emotional. I have to Mother's stay off. Ruined, isn't it? I have to stay off it if I'm honest. I've had some some strange Does nights it? out. Strange nights out with gin and tonic. I've heard it's a depressant. Yeah, I, you know, it cheers me up. <laughs> <laughs> which which might say more about my prior state. <laughs> That it lifts me up. And it lifts, yeah, that a depressant is lifting you up. Yeah. Well, isn't all alcohol depressant? Isn't isn't it all a depressant? It's a relaxant, uh, isn't it? Rather than the like like cocaine, I, I'm guessing is the opposite. So that's a, that's an upper, makes you high. But isn't all al- isn't all alcohol a depressant? No. I think it is. You what, know. Why why was we, no, we wouldn't do it as much, would we? we wouldn't. Yeah, it's because it chills you, boy. Doesn't it chills you after a hard day, you know, in front of that computer screen that you've got going on? Oh, see, yeah, I've spent too many hours in front of that computer screen today. I haven't. Doing me head in. My, doing me head in. My last day today. No more computer screen for me, tell you. Yeah, so let's hear about your last day because now you're free. You can say what you want on here and the yeah. listener can report you to oh, yeah to motherfuckers motherfuckers uh so how, how did the last day play out then well it was very quiet <laughs> it was very quiet <laughs> i'd Just sat at home i'd already uh cleaned up all of my my business before <laughs> beforehand to be honest it was i was all ready to leave uh had a few nice nice people you know getting in touch saying you know i'll miss you had a couple of nice phone calls from people it's one of those things, isn't it, where, like, I mean, I was working for a company. How many people work there? 150, probably. And you probably only get on, really, with maybe five people that you really click with, you know, that, that you would say are mates, that, like, you would you would even bother to see, like, again, afterwards. New possibilities, new adventures. And even though you can do, like, you can do any of the stuff that, I'd want to do now. I could have done it anyway. Like you suddenly start to like, it gives you a bit of motivation. You go, right, I'm going to, I'm going to play more guitar or I'm going to, I'm going to do more exercise or I'm going to do this. I've got more, I've got more time. Could have been doing all that shit anyway, to be honest, but it's just, it's just a, it's just a change of mentality. That's all it is, isn't it? Yeah. It was funny when, um, when furlough, the whole kind of furlough thing first kicked off, like in April and then suddenly like, everyone was off like the amount of people that suddenly started to record their own music and like started to kind of finally get all their songs recorded you know and I was one of them it was like like suddenly I can do all the things I've blamed work on yeah preventing me from doing that's it yeah and then you kind of record them all, you get them all down, and then you kind of, I don't know, put them on some SoundCloud or something. And then you realise that no fucker wants to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go, oh, that's that done. What's yeah. on Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, oh, man, you, it's, uh, it's great not working. Like, not working is definitely better than working. It, it, there's no question. Oh, yeah. No question. It's like that. You know, we often talk about like like musical people we know or, or that we don't know really, but like the people in the world, you know, certain guitar players that we're aware of. And you think, what do they do? What do they do for a living? Do they have a oh, job? They, uh, yeah. Do they yeah, have a job yeah. in Tesco's? Like tie that. Do they tie their hair back in, and work like nine to five in Tesco's? <laughs> And then on a weekend, they let their hair out and pick up their Les Paul and they're suddenly a rock star. Um, Do they do that? I don't think they do. I'm not sure you can really do it. Or do both. Yeah, not not genuinely. 
but surely they, you know, there must be some people that would think that of us. Yeah. Like if you if you just went on what you saw through Facebook and Instagram and all this business, you would think, you would think that is your life. Yeah. But it's like it's like anyone you look at on these fucking social medias, and you just see like a little, you know, like a split second, don't you, of of, of their day. Yeah. And you think, oh wow, that's amazing! Like you're you're out on a, I don't know, on a, in a swimming pool or something, and it's like, well, that's not your life. That's just like a, you've just like taken the highlight of that second within that day, yeah, to give the impression that that's your life. That's not your life. It's, it's all lies, isn't it? Self marketing. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. If you look at like the the band page, you'd think all we do is like gig and go to the studio and record and and you know you think that we hang out every day and we're constantly like playing guitar but it's very very accurate listeners very accurate that is exactly <laughs> exactly what we do but you're not there right? i mean most of the time you're just pottering around isn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you are you love a potter yeah i do love a potter you love a saunter in tesco as you do we we love a saunter, don't we? I do love a saunter. We sure. we used to saunter all the time. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> we used to just go and when when they built a new Tesco's. When was this in in Iwickham? They built a new Tesco's or something, and we used to just go and look at the DVD section. Yeah, God, that late, the that, CD. We wouldn't even buy it. We'd just go and look. It was just something to do, wouldn't it? That ages us a bit, doesn't it? DVDs. So oh, I should go and just look at the DVD. DVD section. I'll tell you, I'll tell you uh, something that does age you, makes you think how old you are. What I saw on, I saw on Insta today, actually, it was one of those posts. So us now talking to, like, young kids about the 90s is like someone in the 90s talking about the 60s. Yeah. It's just, that's the same age span. How old does that make you feel? Because I can... I I can remember the 90s. I can actually remember the 90s. But yet, if I talk to someone in the 90s about the 60s, it seems like a lifetime before the 60s. Well, Do you, I know what you're saying. Do you think that's because how things were how things was documented was like, if you think about the 60s, it's all black and white, isn't it? Like anything you think about 60s wise, you think of like black and white footage and, and kind of like people moving a bit weird, you know, because of how things were filmed. I remember as a kid growing up thinking back then was like, like the reality was black and white because that was all I knew was like mm. anything to do with like the sixties or before was black and white. So I, I, I actually thought the world <laughs> was black and white, but, but so it was kind of like, was it not? Was it in glorious Technicolor? <laughs> it was actually in Technicolor. Oh, Technicolor. Mm. But, but I think that's what kind of makes the 90s to the 60s feel like a much bigger gap than now to the 90s. Because you can easily look at anything in the 90s and kind of go, I don't know. I mean, like, was if you look back at photos of yourself, like in the 90s, how you dress in that isn't that different. No, like, I suppose not. <laughs> no, I don't because I don't know if it, like because I'm. If you look back to the seventies, when you were in the nineties, and you saw the big flares and everything like that, that was like what what was going on. Yeah. And now, if you look back to the nineties, and it was like plaid shirts and. Um, Lacoste it was very big in the nineties. Lacoste and Fred Perry and that kind of thing. I never had Lacoste. Designer, kind of designer, high street kind of stuff. I guess I don't know. That's how. Well, that's what I associate the nineties with. An oasis the, and stuff. My main clothing retailer was a place called Madhouse. <laughs> I'm familiar. I believe it was a chain, the Madhouse. <laughs> and they opened one up in Southend in the that, Royals Shopping Centre. That's kind of like an older version of 
TK, a little bit TK Maxx-ish, isn't it? But like, like a designer brand version of TK Maxx. They used to do like an Italian brand in there called like Ciro Chiquero or something, which is like a Fred Perry ripoff. Oh, it was awful, wasn't it? It was the cheapest material. Yeah, but it, but you you could afford it. Yes, yeah. I remember. I used to go in that place, the Madhouse, where because uh, Thursday nights, as you well know down the Wesley nightclub was where all oh, the kids the But like, I didn't earn very much when I was 16 or something. So I used to go into that place and get like, get like a new, a new, a new shirt or a new t-shirt to go out on the Thursday night for about, for about a fiver. And go, yeah, new shirt, crisp. <laughs> Good. Still got the, the creases. <laughs> yeah. The where it was folded in the packet. Yeah, boy, didn't I? It? Straight on. Out he goes. <laughs> Out he goes down the town. You used to sometimes see that at work, wouldn't you? Where someone had got a new shirt for work. Tony. That, that was it in a folded like cellophane packet and they still had the horizontal crease yeah. along the stomach. Yeah. To- Tony has done that. I've I've <laughs> mocked I've mocked him at work for doing that. I was like, didn't you give it an iron? And he's like, clearly embarrassed that everyone's noticed. And I've I've called him up in front of people about it, and he goes, "No, you don't need to iron it. It's just it's new, isn't it? It's straight out of the box." Just waiting for the redundancy uh, paycheck to come in, ka-ching. and then I have shall you, be. Have you decided what is going on? <laughs> It'll be a guitar of some description. Uh, yeah, I'm torn. I quite like. I quite like a nice acoustic. Uh, yeah, I quite like a nice bass as well. But then with basses, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we always keep buying like our, you go out and you go, I'm going to buy it. This will be my new number one. You go out oh. and you, you usually end up going back to the same, same one. I'll end up, I'll end up spending three grand on a Fender or something and then end up, playing the crom in six months time anyway. So, you know, with an acoustic, I'm thinking a nice acoustic, I'll, I'll probably use it. I'll probably play acoustic more than I play anything. So at least I'll get some use out of it. If I, if I drop a bit of door on it. You had a nice acoustic, I remember. Yeah. The Guild the, was nice. No, no, no. I was thinking the, the Gibson J45. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I didn't have that for very long. Yeah. Uh, I remember you took that to uh, one of your comedy. <laughs> did I? Did I use it for comedy? Used it for one of your stand-up stand-up nights. It was down the. What was the one we went to more than the other one? Um, Cavan oh, de Shams, wasn't it? Cavan de Shams. I remember. I remember you took it there. Yeah. No, nice guitars like the J forty fives. Yeah, I've been thinking of either a Gibson or a Guild acoustic. I'm not sure which one. I spoke to Guild. You know, we've got a endorsement deal with Guild. Mm. So I spoke to them. I was like, oh, they'll they'll sort me out. And the guy was like, yeah, no worries. I'll sort you out. But he's like, there's a there's a backlog, such a massive backlog on all of the American Guilds. He says, it'll be about three months before I can get one shipped over to you. I was like, fuck that. I want it now. I want this it now. Money, this money is burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah boy. Three months, <laughs> that... That won't be here in three months. It'll be gone. So, yeah, I might just have to buy one from a shop full price. Unbelievable. Why don't you get a vintage one? I think with electrics vintage, I'm I'm down for that. Like a bass, I would definitely get a vintage bass. But acoustics vintage scare me a bit. Because I like the action. Like like that, that guild I had that had a... Mm. It was 81, an 81 guild. And... I think most acoustics, I mean, listeners, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you end up having to do neck resets a lot on the the old vintage acoustics because eventually over time the wood, you know, changes and stuff. And because like the Gibsons and stuff and the Guild, they're set necks and you can't like, adju- you can't like adjust them so much. So once the truss rods is maxed out, yeah. you, end up, you end up having to get a neck reset on them. And I'm like, I suppose if you've got like a proper high end one, like a, I don't know, like a hummingbird or something, then it's worth doing the reset. But like that guild I had was probably only 
probably worth about a grand. So do you really want to spend 300 quid getting the neck reset on a guitar that's only worth about a grand? So I had to go. Yeah, no, I knew. I think a new acoustic would be nice. I do like hummingbirds. I like doves. Do you know Gibson Dove? Yeah, it always makes me think of um, Elvis. Didn't Elvis play one? Oh, I don't know, I maybe. Elvis played, it, played the dove. Or the hummingbird, it might have been. They're very, they're very kind of like that kind of era. Like Elvis, Johnny Cash. Yeah. It's that kind of like country-ish Americana. Yeah. Like Nashville. It says Nashville, doesn't it? It does. Or the, the big jumbos say it even more. What is it? The S, SJ200 or something? The, like the big jumbo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Kind of similar one, isn't it? With all the fancy uh, pearl shit on it. Yeah, beautiful. But they're proper expensive, though, man. The Gibsons are crazy money now. I don't know how they're charging that. Like four grand for some of the top end Gibsons now. Acoustics. Yeah. Gibson, uh, current Gibson, I'm not a fan of like. I don't know. They they seem to be quite arrogant as a company. Like when you watch like what they put out on social media, is like their PR isn't great, is it? Whoever's in charge of their PR is is not doing a good job. Like, but because you compare that to Fender, and Fender know what they're doing with that, don't they? Fender are very. I I, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like they're a very likable company. Yeah. You know, yeah, they they're... seem more accessible. They seem more humble. Like Gibson are like, yeah, we're fucking Gibson. We do what the fuck we want. And yeah, you're not good enough to play a fucking Gibson <laughs> unless you're a Slash, you know, or or someone that we fucking love. You know, but Fender are like, Fender have got their arms open. It's like we we welcome everyone. Like yeah. we want we want everyone to come and play Fender. And you're like, okay, you sound nice. I'll come play Fender. Oh, yeah, you know. So saying that, I've just paid out a shitload for a Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a vintage. It's seventy four. Let's talk about this. So the new guitar, the new axe. It's a nineteen seventy four. What what is it? Custom. It's a nineteen seventy four Gibson Les Paul Custom. And it's um, I have it here. <laughs> here we go. Here we go, listeners. Just I just I just wanted to show you because obviously the podcast is audio, but. There it is. Nice. So, uh, what's what's the difference between a custom and a normal or a standard? Should I say? Yeah, the only thing is, I mean, the the custom is like a kind of model up from like a standard. I mean, I, I, you're speaking to the wrong guy in terms of like knowing the details of what it is. I know that it's got binding on the back as well as the front. It's got like dual binding down the sides, which I think looks cool. And it's got an ebony fretboard, like ebony. Like the 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 black versions that they call the Black Beauty, like they're the typical Gibson Les Paul customs, and they were designed. If I'm right, they were designed back for like the big band era. And they, the reason they were black and white was to match like a tuxedo. Ah. And they were called the fretless wonders because the frets are so low and so smooth that when you're bending, you don't even notice that there's frets. And this one is, it feels similar to that. How, ple- how pleased are you with it when it came through? Because you bought this without playing it, right? So were you like, oh, is it going to be any good or... Yeah, I can. Yes, a little bit. It's quite a hard position to play <laughs> guitar. <laughs> but um, so so yeah. So I I started like you know when you start you get in your head that you want a certain guitar, and I wanted a seventies one because I've always wanted a guitar from like when I was born, and this is this is this is the guitar is older than me. But the Gibsons from 76, like especially the standards, they have like mini humbuckers in them. They don't look very cool. They don't look, they don't look good. And then I saw this one on Reverb. 
and then another one on reverb which was a 76 but not that finish and i just love the tobacco burst of it and i like the fact that it's aged in all the right places and that it's had a refret and it just looks amazing man i love the thing and um so i emailed the guy through his shop a guy called craig shout out to craig shout out to craig um, a pro, pro tone music in Liverpool. He's got, you should check him out. He's got some really awesome guitars on there. Like does all vintage stuff. And I messaged him and we got talking and then we started talking about um, that guitar. And then we did a deal and then I traded in some stuff. So I got a good deal on it. And and then he was like, um, I was like, oh, can you know, how, how do we do it? You know, shall I ship you the guitar I want to trade in and then you inspect it and, you know, all that kind of business. And he was like, he was like, man, like, given what's going on with like couriers and all this stuff, I'll bring it down. I'll get oh, the train right. down. And then literally two days later, he jumped on a train and I was like, and I was like, because he's coming from Liverpool and I was like, I'm going to struggle to come and meet you like in central London because you know I've got work and all that stuff so I don't know how it's gonna work and he's like look tell me where's your nearest tube stop so anyway cut a long story short I went and met him in my lunch break at my local tube stop and he was just he just stood there with a case I had turned up with a case off the bus and then we just we just had a little chat, swapped it. We didn't even look at each other's guitars. We just swapped the cases, had a chat, and then just and he I was like, Do you want to look at it? And he was like, No, I'm sure it'd be fine. <laughs> and then just we, and then we just went our separate ways. And I got back on the bus and I didn't open it, didn't even look at it until I got home. Uh-huh. And I was like, <laughs> and then I was on the bus, I was like, this could be like <laughs> bricks or something. <laughs> There'd be nothing in this fucking thing. But you know when you know when you can trust someone, right? Because he's wow. like he's got a, he's got a shop and all that. It's not some if it was just some individual that didn't you know this guy ha- he owns a shop yeah. with a website and he's got reviews. You know I say I say this and I'm even I'm thinking God I sound naive, <laughs> but but yeah. So then I got it home. Man, it's it's it's, it's, it's I love it, man. Like I'm very very happy with it. Is it the new number one? I think so. I think so. I mean, we've we've got, um, you know, when we, when we next rehearse, I'll bring it because that that's when the the proof's in the pudding, isn't it? Is when you play it live yeah. because sitting sitting on your couch is is one thing, and it all kind of sounds nice because you play a lot more delicately, don't you? On your when you sit with yeah. it on your lap, you know. But when you get into like a live situation, and there's a bit of I don't know, a bit of anxiety creeps in and your your muscles don't they're yeah. a bit more tensed up, aren't they? Then <laughs> that's that's you know what I mean. That's like when it's um that's when the proof comes out. Mm. So we'll see. But I mean at the end of the day, I love how it looks, it plays nice. So if it never gets good, I mean the 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 challenge is, is like, do I want to gig with it? Or do I want to take it out? and like take my eye off it which is what we talked about last week yeah that's that's the dilemma yeah i guess the good thing with the vintage ones isn't it is you're not going to lose money on it even if even if you don't get on with it you can probably flog it and get back for what you paid for it you're not going to lose but i I would recommend checking out their website he's a great guy craig check out craig shout out to craig there we go Oh, very good. He doesn't. He doesn't know anything about the podcast. He doesn't know anything about the band. So there's no way on earth that he's going to be listening to this. Well, he'll get an a, a, a influx of customers, and then he won't even know where they come from. Be like, how how do you know about my guitar shop? I've heard that you travel all over, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to deliver to your door. I live in That's Spain. Well. Can you please come to my local tube stop? In exchange, yeah, a case of I'd bricks like for a, me. A pack of strings, please. <laughs> I was going to say, on another note, so 
Continuing my Abbey Road theme. You know I love Abbey Road. It's my favourite. Showed you this, uh, got this the other day. The, the, the Gibson Custom Shop of Magazines. £10 for a magazine, listeners, but it's entitled uh, The Making of the Beatles' Final Masterpiece, Abbey Road. Oh. And I tell you what, it's a belter of a read. Is it worth 10 quid? Oh, the knowledge I've gained from it, perhaps, yes. I don't think any magazine is worth 10 quid because it's, it's just paper and ink, isn't it, really? But, uh, but it's, very, it's See, just very good. Is it, is it not? What, what then constitutes like an annual? I would almost class this as an annual because it's not, you're not going to be having this every month, are you? They can only do an album on Abbey Road once, uh, a magazine on it once, and then that's it. You've got it. So it's more like an annual, a paperback annual. Paperback annual. <laughs> annual, annual, annual. annual. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's. <laughs> but it's very good. I've, I don't normally read. Anyway, but, uh, but this I've never I've never known you read anything. I'm not a big reader. You're I not did, a reader. Do you know? For a short period of time, I got into reading Terry Pratchett novels. Would you believe? Did you? I did. When was uh, this? That was the last time I've really got into reading. Uh, maybe or oh, fifteen year ago, probably, probably early twenties. I got into that, and I, I probably had about, I don't know, I probably did about a dozen of his books on the, on the bounce. Yeah, I uh, tried reading. Is it Discworld? Yeah, all that. It's hard. Um, I couldn't get on with it. Yeah, it's. Uh, but anyway, but no, I don't normally read. But this, I read word for word, cover to cover. In about two days, I was like, oh, that's great. It's obviously because it's a topic that I'm interested in. So go on then. What have you learned? What's your 10 pounds worth of knowledge? Oh, well, I won't spoil it for you because I was thinking I'll probably I'll probably p- pass this on to you, Nick, as a nice little present. Oh, well, just tell me now. Tell me the highlights now. Save, oh, well, save it. Well, now you've, now you've said that, I can't think of any particular interesting <laughs> things. There was a couple of, like, the go, it goes track by track, which is quite interesting. To tell you all about like each individual track and stuff, uh, which is quite interesting. I tell you what, I'd like to know the the track before. You know the medley at the end of the second side, the the track where they each trade guitar licks, and then there's a drum solo. Oh yeah, that is uh, uh, not um, carry the way. It's um, is it golden slumbers. It, it's after it's after that, isn't it? It's before the wait. It's the bit before the end. It's I think it's after the wait and then before the end. Well, track nine is carry that wait, and then track ten is the end. What's before track nine? Uh, Golden slumbers. So it's the wait, then. So they must so it must be classed as the wait. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, all three of them play a bit on the solo, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to read it now, but I can't remember. But yeah, that was quite interesting. Because uh, they could all play solos. Paul McCartney is pretty good at solos. There's a few other ones where I read a, he's played solos on it and stuff. Like for a bass player, he's kind of he can do solos, can he? But it's just it's just really interesting. Uh, magazine it goes into all what we talked about about like the era of the '60s and and all that kind of stuff, and a little bit about like Abbey Road and the setup and the and all that and how they used to use four track and and bounce stuff down and all that kind of stuff and stuff that was played live and stuff that was was tracked over and all that i okay. i got eager i got sin right if you've got nothing i had something come up today that i've made a note of go on then um i can't remember it now so i don't Alberto sent it me. Here you go. On this day, um, so this was yesterday. So the 31st of March. On this day in 1958, so I don't know how many years ago that was, Chuck Berry releases Johnny Be Good. The song is named after his piano player, Johnny Johnson, and the street where he grew up, Good Avenue. 
Um, it's credited as the first rock and roll hit about rock and roll stardom. <coughs> Excuse Bless me. You. Wow, yeah. I didn't know so that. that I, I don't know if that also coincides with the invention of the duck walk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where do you, you stand on the duck walk? Uh, I mean, it's all right. It's a nice little gimmick, isn't it? Nice little gimmick. It's a move. You know, when we uh, when we do gigs, we always talk about, you know, you've got to have your moves, haven't you? Otherwise, you know, you're just another boring band standing there. And that was obviously an early take on, you know, a stage move, I think, isn't it? Which he did, and they, they liked it, you know. He likes it. She likes it. They, they all like, like it. it. So then he just carried on fucking doing it for... 60 years after that uh yeah classic it's a tricky move to do yeah i bet i bet isn't it have you not tried you must have tried it i think i might guitars try yeah i might have given it a whirl in the bedroom one time and then went fuck that it's tricky man it's not as easy it's it's almost like the russian dancing of playing guitar you know that russian dancing where you crouch down and you kick your knees up yeah that's hard as well he was good though, wasn't he, Chuck Berry? Uh, he made he made it look really easy what he was doing. I was some I was watching someone on Clapton. Clapton was a big fan, wasn't he? Of, well, certainly of his guitar, not necessarily of him as a person, but he was a big fan of his of his uh, guitar playing. Like the video with Clapton's the famous one where he's talking about like uh, notes and bends and blues licks, and he's saying, you know, Chuck Berry basically invented that thing where you use if you're doing like a solo or something or a bend. You use two strings, just sounds a lot fuller. Kind of that wasn't around before Chuck Berry. Uh, so he invented a lot of like stuff, like guitar playing wise. I guess in the fifties, when before that you didn't, you had like I don't know what you had before Chuck Berry. Really, Why do you think like things haven't moved on really? Because again, like we talked last week about how guitar hasn't really moved on in its design since the sixties and. Occasionally you get someone who kind of like reinvents it or, or takes it on a step further, but it doesn't, it doesn't change everything. Like Van Halen kind of like took it and, you know, moved it forward, but like finger tapping yeah. and all that, what he did isn't the norm. No. Like in the Satrianis and the Vise of the world that do all this kind of like crazy stuff is, it's not changed the standard. The standard is still the same that it was fifty uh, years ago. I'm not. I don't. I'm not sure it is. I think maybe it's just. I think like when Chuck Berry changed how you play guitar, for example, that was like it was a big change and one of the big, the first big changes of an instrument how someone plays it, and then it was accepted because the music was being accepted like mainstream, like rock and roll hadn't been there, so that. But like we've had rock and roll now, we've had funk, we've had, you know, hundreds of different genres. So you're not really going to get a new genre anymore. So like anyone who's like doing anything different on the instrument, I don't think is going to break through mainstream because the genre is not, the genres are nothing new. So you get people on Instagram doing fucking, you know, crazy shit uh, with tapping, like, like bass is a good example. Like you get people playing like 12 string bass guitars tapping like faster than Steve Vai or whoever. And it's crazy. I mean, it's not very musical, but it, it's arguably somewhat different, but it's never going to break. And it's never going to be a new genre, is it? It's never going to be taken in by the public, by the mainstream public as something that amazing. Well, that's the thing with, with Instagram, isn't it? It's all about <clears throat> trying to catch you, trying to stand out within like 30 seconds or less, isn't it? It's trying to like go, look at what I can do that, that you've not seen before. It's like a magic trick almost, like an instant trick. Yeah. Whereas if you were to then, and some of these, like when you first start looking at stuff, you're like, oh, fucking hell. Like there's a three-year-old like playing guitar better than <laughs> I could ever play. You know, I've been playing for God knows how many years, 30 years or something now. And I can't play like this three-year-old. But then you're like, I don't want to hear an album of it. No. I, I'm all right here in 30 seconds if I get to that, but I don't hear any more. Yeah. It's all designed to, to to satisfy that kind of instant, I don't know, that instant need. 
it's the social media thing, isn't it? It's the likes and the 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 needy kind of uh, yeah, that acceptance thing. People just live for it, don't they? Nowadays, we, I mean, we all do. We all live for likes and comments and and shares. That's popularity rather what than ch- what are you chasing though? This this is the thing that I don't get with it. It's like what are you chasing? Like, there's not an end goal, is there? You don't get to three billion and you win a prize or something does it where, where you, you just get to three billion and one yeah does it like because the numbers are never ending you, you're never going to complete this game no it's all for that it's all for that moment where somebody you meet or someone you know says to you nick i see on instagram you've got four million followers uh that's pretty amazing. You're an amazing guy. And then you go, I think you're yeah. confusing me. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. I am amazing. Thank you. It's all for that moment, isn't it? Is that is that the new reality though? Well, it, this... used to, it used to be, well, they're not real friends, are they? They're not, you know, these virtual, you don't know them. But now it's like, maybe that is how all, things are now. It's all, all we've got. But this, this is an interesting topic, which we probably should have started out with because it's more interesting than what we've been talking about. But I've been thinking for a little while, probably because of my change in circumstances, uh, I think I'd, I might try going like off-grid with everything. Everything? Well, yeah, pretty much everything, I think. Wait, even the band stuff? Yeah, I mean, well, there's other members of the band. They can handle that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I might, I might hand all the band stuff over to you guys. And just uh, just go off grid and just 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 give it a whirl, just see what it's like. I reckon it'll be liberating. I, I would fully endorse it. But the worry is, I'm going to be off grid, like living an actual real life, like outside in the sunshine, going, "This is real. It's real. These are real people." And I'm going to be like, right, where's all my friends? And they're all on, they're all on Facebook. Like, sorry, Adam, very busy on Instagram this afternoon. I can't possibly meet you in real life. I I, I always think about, I had my um, I had my phone stolen, like out of my pocket a few years ago now. And at the time I was like, oh, fucking hell, I've got my phone. And like, literally you feel stranded. But then literally like a day or two later, you're like, this is this is beautiful this is glorious like no one can get hold of me uh you know you're just not at the mercy of the fucking phone anymore it's, yeah. it's, it's just like you know it's like you and i are both of an age where we remember like pre-phone you know and you used to remember <laughs> there were downsides to it because you met i always remember like you used to ring someone's landline it was normally like their parents landline you'd, you'd ring them and go oh hello it's james there please <laughs> do you want to meet do you want to meet in town they're like yeah all right Nick meet in town they're like oh, three o'clock all right yeah see you then and then you go into town and you'd be hanging around outside WX Smiths and, and, and he wouldn't turn up <laughs> and then you had no way of knowing so you just like waited for about like two hours just sat there and like, oh, I'll just go home then <laughs> <laughs> you know there's, so there's downsides but on the whole I think I think mate it must be, yeah, do it. Just do it. So I don't really have anything to, uh, have like a work purpose to tie me onto a mobile. So I could just give it a whirl and just go off grid. Would you get rid of like mobile phone or just social media? I think, I think kind of you need one for certain things, don't you? Like for people to ring you and stuff. But just I'd have a phone, but I just think, yeah, just come off the socials for the start. That would do it, I think. Yeah, there's no good to come of socials, man. No, I guess it's diff- difficult for like the band stuff, isn't it? Because you kind of the market is how the market is now. Music is how it is. You you kind of need some kind of uh. Well, I mean, arguably, arguably not. Though, does but... it? it doesn't matter, does it? What does it matter? <laughs> Genuinely, what's what's it matter? Like if you, if if all the band stuff disappeared off the internet, what's it matter? Yeah, like we'd still we'd still get together, we'd still play, we'd still do gigs. We've got enough. We've got enough like content and material that 
you don't need to be posting shit on. Well, I mean, how much how, how much of it breeds like positive kind of emotion, and how much of it breeds like how much of it does your head in? Where you know where does the where does, what's the balance? Is it more good than bad, or more bad than good? Indifferent. It's just there, I think, isn't it? It's just there. Especially, Especially when you think about like trolling and all this kind of stuff. We talked oh, about last week. Where people trolls. like just just go on and go. You guys suck. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to getting back out playing in that respect. It'll be a bit more real, won't it? At that point, it'll be a bit more like this is what actually being in a band is. It's not about posting pictures on somewhere for likes. It's actually about actually strumming a guitar and people in real life hearing it. I guess it depends on what you want from the band, doesn't it? And what the aim of the band is. Fame and fortune and money, please. Lots of money. You know, there's no money in being in a band. Is there not? Oh, shit. The 70s, that's when I tell you what. Watch that Fleetwood Mac documentary I mentioned. The 70s was when it was at. Yeah, it's all about the 70s, mate. All about the 70s. Although, hoping uh, nice little learner, maybe the uh, the new vinyl, which uh, we might be putting out, maybe. Older. So what? So what? So what's this about? What's this vinyl thing about? He, uh, the record chap, you may be familiar with his work, Chris. Uh, familiar with his work, yes. You yes. A previous guest on the on the podcast. He was indeed. He was when we shout, were doing guests. Shout out to Chris if he's listening. Mm. Uh, he asked me just to put a little. Little post, little teaser out today, just to uh, Paul to see who would be interested in a vinyl, uh, a special vinyl edition of Table by the Wall. So I'll pop that on the old Instagram, and uh, we're in discussions about possibly putting uh, a vinyl, a vinyl release of it. So this is this is one of those things on Instagram where where you can you ask people to vote yes or no, right? That's it. And then you you click on it, and then it tells you the percentage of of the result. Yes, it does. Can as, as someone who hosts one of these vote, can you see how many people have voted? Yes, you can. And and what are the results of this? Well, I don't, I don't know. I haven't had a look yet, but let's have a look. Well, um, do you know it would probably be unfair for me to say because I've, I'd like to give it. I'd like to give it its full twenty four hour, uh, allowance. That, you know, that's but, what. You, but you but we can we can do the update and the final scores next. This could be like a half time. Well, I mean, I could, but I think I think it's unfair. Nick. I think it's unfair. That means it's low. <laughs> it's not. I can't even find it now. I can't find it. But uh, we'll do a full update. We're not going to be bothered to find it. The, the most interesting conversation I had today was I said to someone at work, I was like, I keep saying I'm on Zoom calls all day, but actually the the work used Microsoft Teams. So I'm like, the Zoom calls I have in my life uh, is is this. This yeah. one right now is a Zoom call. Outside of that, like 99% of my video conferencing is not on Zoom, but I say I'm on Zoom calls. Yeah. Like Zoom has become like like synonymous with with video conferencing in the same way that hoover <laughs> has become synonymous for vacuum cleaning or tannoy yeah is for public address systems like zoom is is that is that's become that i want i want to have a bad word said against hoover uh i don't know if you're for, if you're aware of it but they actually paid for a, a holiday for me to go to disneyland when i was a child have i told you this Did story they? Yeah, no. do you know, I'm telling you the story. So when, uh, when they were doing flights to America, I remember. Yeah, the, the do you remember the flights to America scandal? Yeah. So we were, my family, I guess, were one of the lucky ones that did actually get it. But yeah, they were basically it was something like if you bought a Hoover, you got a free flight to America to Disneyland or something. So I'm guessing my dad bought three Hoovers. I I don't know what the thing was, but we all yeah we all got a free. Or maybe it was like you get 50%. I don't know. But we all got a free flight to Hoover, to uh, to Disneyland from Hoover. 
Uh, and I remember the funny, the funniest thing ever was sitting on the plane going to Disneyland and just the whole plane must have been full of this. It must have been like a Hoover flight. And everyone just going, Hoover, 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 Hoover for like 10 hours. And it, do you know what? It didn't, it didn't lose its comedy value. You'd think it would after a few hours. I think it got funnier. The longer it went on, Hoover, Hoover, like a load of like kind of council estate kind of families, just like crammed in. They've never been, they've never been abroad before. They've gone a bit kind of, you know, it's like us when we stay in, when we go on tour and we stay in a travel tavern and you're like, it's, you're like a child running down the hallways and you're like, oh, I'm in a hotel. It was a bit like that. Just loads of like scruffy people. Hoover, 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 like 10 hours. <laughs> and that was just, that was just the start of the Riggs, the Riggs, Admer the Riggs American Adventure. This was... <laughs> So this was you, you, your dad, and your brother. Me, me, Jeff Rigg, and Ben Rigg. <laughs> Off to uh, to Disneyland to meet Mickey Mouse. I think I was, I would have been about, ooh, I've got a picture of me, like, and it was at my peak fatness. Uh, I must have been about 14 or 15. I had like a, I had a big white t-shirt on which said peace. Yeah, on it and it looked it looked like a tent and i had a really bad side part and then i was about i was about 19 stone <laughs> i remember i remember those outfits because i i remember i had a i had a leather a leather medallion <laughs> like um like like the guys in della soul used to wear <laughs> and it had it had an embroidered um uh uh, outline of 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 Africa, <laughs> very popular in South End. <laughs> I don't know why I wore it, but uh, nice. It's like just this white kid in Essex walking around with this leather medallion with a with a with, with Africa. Where did it? Did you get that from? Uh, what's it called again? The shop. Oh, Madhouse. Madhouse. Oh, possibly. <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah. Hoover, Hoover. <laughs> what the pilot must have been thinking was like, "Fuck you!" Now we have got ten hours of this. Was 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 your dad and your brother getting involved in that child? Yeah, everyone. <laughs> Even if initially you resisted, because like there's always a selection of like kind of lower class people who think they're not lower class and who probably will go like. Oh, I'm not. I'm not taking part in this. I, I am on my flight to America. But then, after forty-five minutes, you you just give a little one, Hoover, Hoover, and then you go. Actually, this is quite fun, Hoover, Hoover. And then, before you know it, three hours in, you're leading the pack, Hoover, Hoover, Hoover. Yeah. But yeah, it was a scandal, wasn't it? Because a lot of them didn't get didn't get the flights. I don't think did they? Didn't wasn't there a big scandal? Oh, oh, oh yeah. I mean, I think the deal was like you any you just bought anything Hoover, and you could then get two free flights to America. God, imagine and then that. everyone went everyone went out and bought like thirty pound vacuum cleaners, and then Hoover were like, "Hang on, <laughs> shit, hang on, <laughs> we haven't thought this through, have we?" <laughs> And then and then they stopped. I think they stayed, they they stopped like giving out the flights. And then people were like, well, hang on. Jeff Riggs just bought. Good times. Right. I think that's a go. that's that's a great anecdote to end on. Yeah, if anyone got to that point in the podcast. <laughs> Well done. They deserve that anecdote.
I'll tell you what we did. We don't normally do. We don't normally do a proper sign off any of these, and it, they always end very abruptly. So if you'd like to do a proper sign off, would be good for episode six, please. Why have I got to do it? Because you got a nice voice. Well, thank you, listener. So yeah. <laughs>